The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the Beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex is here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my close pal, the man, the plan, the one and only, the one and only, John Malika. We back. Knicks are on an eight-game winning streak, and we are back living high. It is great. If you told me two weeks ago this is what the Knicks were going to do to to turn the to shift the storyline, wouldn't have believed you. But John, how are you feeling, man? How, how are you feeling about this? Eight game winning streak. This new revamped defense and new look offense, man. Well, everything is good, not just with the Knicks, but just with all of New York, man. The the New York vibes are fantastic. The the Rangers and the Devils are are good to go. The Giants and the Jets are playing meaningful football. The Knicks and the Nets haven't lost a game in what feels like a month. You know, even if you hate the Nets, it's still it's still the city. We are here, man. The, the Knicks are, the Knicks are here and my Christmas tree right now officially has the Knicks hat on it. So, I mean, the, the, the vibes are good right now. I, I can't wait for this Christmas game. I'm not going to get too ahead of it. The Jets games on Thursday and torrential downpour. I'm trying to erase it from my brain. The, the Yankees and the Mets are spending well. Everybody's happy with both fan bases. Life is good right now. But as always, when that happens, <laughs> the roller coaster that 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 falls usually a ninety degree fall. So I'm just trying to keep the positive vibes right now, man. Awesome, awesome, man. You know, I'm trying to keep those positive vibes as well, especially with uh, how the way New York sports is turning around. Hopefully, the Jets can turn around. But we got we got a phenomenal guest with us today. All right, we got an award winning journalist with us. Okay, we got Dexter Henry, sports anchor of the New York uh, Post and SNY, update anchor for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. And he's also the host of the NBA Exchange. Dexter, what's going on, man? How you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, pleasure to be on with you guys. Really good pleasure to be on. Dexter, like us, you are also a Knicks fan. Unlike yes. us, you're a Mets fan. Yes. And way back ago, way, way back in the day, <laughs> you used to be a Jets fan. Not even that long ago. I left. I, I stopped my Jets fandom two years ago. Uh, it was not good. It, it was starting to be not good for my health, as, as I'm sure you guys know. <laughs> um, but uh, I listen. I still have a little a little spot for the Jets, and I'll be at the game on on Thursday. And I, I Alex, you, you actually let me know it was going to rain. I was not aware of that, uh, which is not going to be fun. So hopefully, it's not too bad. But um, yeah, uh, grew up a Knicks fan. Grew up a Knicks fan. Uh, lifelong, diehard, long suffering Knicks fan. So, yeah. And so was, you still feel the pain, bro. You still feel the pain, even if it's on, even if it's on the Knicks side. Yeah, you, 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 you might physically feel some pain on Thursday. Not, I think it's torrential downpour. I think it's going to be like twenty mile an hour winds. So I, I think you might really hate the Jets after after uh, after this Thursday. Yeah, I, I might, I might, I might after that. Um, yeah, the, the weather is uh, that. Yeah, that's. I, I don't need to do being that. that I, I've done enough of that in my career. But yes, um, yeah. Uh, it, it should be good. The Jets trying to stay alive is interesting. You you guys talked about the good vibes in New York, and it is a good time for New York sports fan right now. There's a lot of good things going on and happening, so it's it's really interesting. But particularly with the Knicks, the way they've been playing has been really fantastic. So I know you guys are pumped about it. I am too. Yeah, so let's get into it, Dexter. Give us your thoughts, man. The Knicks are on an eight-game winning streak. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, we all thought it was all over for Tom Thibodeau, the front office, everybody on the roster. It seemed like they were ready to clean house, especially after the Ian Begley article that dropped yesterday where, you know, you had uh, uh, an executive within the Eastern Conference saying uh, that he could do a better job than what Leon Rose is doing, which that's that's ballsy to say. Um, yeah. 
a lot of stuff could have changed. How are you feeling now with uh, how the Knicks are performing? Yeah, it's funny with that Ian article. I, I was like, man, somebody was coming for somebody else's job. Why do they still have the job? Like that's that's really uh, that's kind of messed up. But you know that stuff happens all the time. Um, how I'm feeling about the Knicks. What I really like during the stretch, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. The defense, right? Like the defense just looks good. This does not look anything like we talked about. You know, Alex, you came on with me earlier on SOI in the New York Post and we in the beginning of the season, we talked about the three point defense and mm-hmm. how that didn't look good. And that was very concerning to me. But now you look at these last couple of games since Grimes has been back in the starting lineup, since McBride has been inserted into the nine man rotation. The the effort is just completely different. I watched Julius Randle the other night against Indy, and he's getting into the passing lanes. His closing out ability has just been so much better. I'm very impressed with the defense. I think the defense is real. I want to say that, guys. The shot making has come around too, right? We're seeing R.J. Barrett hit some more shots. Julius is hitting, I think, more about with what we think that he should hit. Um, We cannot discount what Grimes has done also on the offensive end, hitting open threes, being that kind of guy. And then obviously Jalen Brunson. I mean, he's been such <laughs> a calming presence for this team, right? He's kind of like the adult in the room at point guard yes. that this team has needed. And it really has impacted this team in such a positive way. Because if you look back a couple of weeks ago, when we look at the the Thunder loss that was terrible, and then even the Mavericks loss that was really terrible. You know, I think it's not even what he's just done on the court, but the leadership off the court, right? We've seen Knicks teams in the past. You guys know this where that happens, the Thunder game, the Mavericks game, and everything goes south. We have seen this before, mm-hmm. and I think that matters. But I think the real thing is the fact that they're playing defense right now at a very high level. They look very confident, in tune. Everybody's together. And look, and, and it would look, the Knicks are doing it with most of their young core here. And that, to me, is the positive thing for Knicks fans and the thing they should be most excited about going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think having the youth in there is what really has changed everything around because that's what we were banging the drum for last year, right? We wanted to see a lot of these guys get into that rotation. Instead, we're subjected to Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, Kimba Walker for some period of time. And yeah, Grimes got his, uh, made his appearance here and there, but we didn't really see them towards the end of the season where it didn't really count. Now that they're playing meaningful basketball and the Knicks are winning some meaningful basketball. That's the stuff that I think fans are really excited about. Uh, unless you're a part of the Cam Hive. The Cam Hive is still upset, but don't worry. Don't worry. Cam Hive should be upset. should be happy that the Knicks are winning right now. But John, what are your thoughts, man? Like, what are your thoughts about the whole resurgence of the Knicks right now this season? Well, I think it's a perfect point to start with, you know, right after the Milwaukee and Dallas game. It's obvious because that's when the winning streak, you know, started, but it was also because that Sunday matinee, Right. It was right after the Memphis, the last Sunday we lost that Memphis game. We had the matinee right before to Dallas. Like if we went on that three game losing streak there, it would have been really tough sailing. It, the direction for the team really would have fell off a cliff, in, in my opinion. Also, the OB injury happened around there as well. And every, everything, the, the reels were really falling off with this team. And to be honest with you, it's been a, it's been a next man up mentality for this team. Like we know Brunson. We know Julius and we know RJ are definitely going to be in the lineup, right? Those are guarantees depending on, you know, injuries, whatever. Mitch is obviously going to be there as well. When RJ was struggling, everyone was stepping up. You know what I mean? And obviously in the last 10 to 12 games now, I think it's almost up to 15 games now. Thank God. Like it's, we're finally starting to outweigh the good games for RJ with the bad games of RJ. Like I'm so happy that we're on, you know, this cliff now. And you're, absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's because we have Jalen Brunson. And not only is he a calming presence on the court, he's a calming presence for the fans. Like, when he has the ball in his hands, everything feels good. Like, I, I, I don't want to pinpo- uh, like pinpoint. I, I'm actually one of the biggest Julius Randle apologists, I feel like, that exists. I said, once you get him a point guard, everything's going to be okay. But, like, yesterday, Julius Randle, and he was, like, pushing up the ball. Uh, I think it was the end of the second quarter. And he just threw that turnover when Brunson was right there. Like, he's like, just give me the ball. Give me the outlet. But, you know, he wanted to do that full court pass. It ended up being a turnover. Wasn't a big deal in the, in the grand scheme of things. But, like, if you give the ball to Brunson, everything just feels good. Like, you know the ball's going to get in the right spot. Even if he, even if there's a shot clock of, like, five, four seconds with Randall, that's an explosion. That's isolation, terrible shot, fade away. You know, just pray it goes in. But with Brunson, even if he has the ball in the last, like, three, four seconds, I'm okay with it. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel comfortable and his passes, like 
I want to, I want to get your, your thoughts on, on this because we're all so critical on RJ, including me. I think I was the number one most critical guy about RJ and he's like searching for these three pointers because Brunson gets him the ball. Like you could see him lurking, right? Like lurking around the edges. He knows he doesn't have to do too much. He's like, yo, Brunson's going to get me the ball. Let me just wait for it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm and he's going to pop it as soon as he gets it. Like, do you, do you guys think that, uh, RJ is starting to maybe trust Brunson more or, you know, that dynamic is starting to work more. Or you think the RJ is just an individual thing. Like he's just in his own head and like, he, he's just getting better. He's just shooting himself out of a slump. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's crazy job because I, I think that one, he's becoming more confident as time's gone on, but I think there's something you're, you're hitting on this right there with Brunson getting him in the ball in the right spots. Right. What, one of the things we, we heard a lot last year and fans were talking about it. So I'd always, I'd always hear it is that we want to see RJ be more of a playmaker, right? And now with Brunson on the team, it kind of goes to the point you're talking about even with Julius. He doesn't have to do that. So now he knows if I get to the right spots, I, I'll get a good look at a three. I can make a decision if I want to attack the rim and do that, which he's become very good at. I think the finishing can still be a little bit better. But he's, he's he knows that Brunson's going to put him in spots. I think you're making a good point to succeed, to make a successful play. And then he can make the decision whether he wants to shoot, whether he wants to attack, whether he wants to pass and look to set somebody else up. I don't think we have to look at R.J. Barrett as somebody who's going to try to be a secondary creator. It's nice if he can do that, but he doesn't have the pressure of having to be the primary creator. And last season and the season before, when he's playing with Alfred Payton and the likes, (laughs) you know, us Knicks fans loved, you know, he had to try to do more of that. Maybe that's not him. Maybe that's not in his bag to do. And so when you have somebody else that can actually take the burden off of you with that. I think what you're hitting on is how it just really helps everybody else, including Julius, including RJ. And I think we're seeing some of the fruits of that. The offense just look, I still have issues with things with the Knicks offense. I'm sure you guys do do as well, but the offense just looks so much smoother than Mm -hmm. we've seen in the last couple of years. Just some of the actions they're able to run double guard, pick and rolls at the top, even Julius and Brunson and pick and rolls. That stuff just looks a lot better than we've seen in previous years, I mean, honestly, we need to see that. So, <laughs> so that, that's the thing. We weren't even seeing it at all. So, yeah, it, it looks better. But I think you're hitting on a good point that Brunson gets guys in the right spots, and they they're starting to trust that, and that stuff matters. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. And I think for RJ too, that he doesn't have to be that. I don't even think he's a secondary creator. I think he's a third because I think they allow Randall to be that more so, and Randall yeah. has. You know, you don't only see in the assist numbers, which isn't really a good like way to tell if he's someone's a good passer or not. But you just see how giving Randall the opportunity to create offense, he attracts the double teams, even triple teams. Like we saw that against Indiana, we saw that against Sacramento, and then Randall is starting to find, which is this is what he's improved through the season, gotten back to that All Star status that he's actually identifying all these double and triple teams and finding the right open person and continuing and continuing continuing good offense, which. First parts of the season he wasn't doing. He was trying to go back to that hero basketball, which isn't a good look for him. But to see that plus Brunson and then RJ being the third creator for this team. And I think that's like building on for RJ to be a playmaker. That's what's so nice when he's with the second, you know, like playing with quickly and all those guys. Like they defer to RJ at that point. Like it's quickly an RJ when they're all out there together and you're getting RJ to feel more comfortable as a playmaker. Like we saw a little bit over at Duke and back in his high school days at, at uh, was it Mount Verde? So. You see, you see all that starting to build and he's still young. He's only 22 years old. I just want him to get over these slow starts, man. He's just got to get over these slow starts to the season yeah. because it's getting all, it's getting all played out at this point. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I wonder, a friend of mine who's a Nick fan was texting me and saying that, you know, he's got to stop with these, the slow starts because he thinks it's going to hurt the team in the future. I'm not, I'm not sure, but you'd like to see him get out to a better start. I wonder, and you guys, I'd love to hear what you think about it too. I wonder how much of, how he started out slow this year had to do with him feeling the pressure of, hey, I signed this contract extension. Now I got to live up to it. I wonder how much of that factors. And I don't know, obviously I'm not in RJ's head, but I just wonder how much that might have had something to do with it. I think that's, I think that's very fair. I mean, there's a human element to this game. I mean, we always like, yeah. I'm not, not I, like, I won't, I'm going to use the royal we for like fans and people who love the NBA. We, we, we love to look at stats and just, you know, go through the 2K motions. Like, well, if we put this person with this person, then everything will all work out. And what RJ did last season should transfer over. But the human element is that 
you bring in some, you bring in two new people, right? You're changing the lineup still. You're coming off of a, a, a poor season, a down year. You just signed a new contract and now you also got a promotion. All right. Because let's like for first season, even though he had, he, he had the second most shot attempts on the team. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. He wasn't really featured that much. It was the Randall show when Randall was first here. The second season, he became a 3 and D guy under Thibodeau. Last season, for part of the season, he was the fourth option because he had to make sure Kemba and Fournier got their touches. And now he's promoted to being the third guy and being part of the big three for the Knicks. And that's, you know, that's a challenge. That's a new challenge for RJ at the, at the NBA level. So I think all of that combined and probably being in part in, in trade rumors when you really want to be here doesn't help either. So I think all of that together impacted that slow start. I know everyone's like, there's a sickness too that he had for a little bit. You, you saw that out on the West Coast trip, but I think all that does like make play a factor in when someone's actually playing basketball it is their job right like that all that stuff even in your normal day job like you're feeling all that pressure yeah i i definitely hope he doesn't turn into mark Deshera, right i i really don't think he has that syndrome where he's just going to start slow every single year but I, I think you guys are both right about that he had the new contract jalen brunson also coming in like rj like you want to establish that as, uh, this as your team you know what i mean this is your knicks team you always wanted to come here since before you got drafted you just got the extension like you want to establish this as your team and you're looking up at julius randall like he had a bad year on and off the court the fans are booing him you're like this is this is my time like this is my time to, to step up and take the reins thankfully we're, we're we're all we're over that but as we sit here Right. And for this upcoming stretch, unfortunately, in my opinion, I think he was being bailed out by Grimes. Like Grimes' play, like he doesn't ha- even have to defend the best person on the team anymore. Sometimes it's not even the second best player on the team. <laughs> Sometimes he has to defend the third best player. And that's because Grimes and Randall are kind of putting in that work. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's any information about how long Grimes is going to be out. I know the Knicks aren't uh, very good with uh, letting. The media know really what's going on with their injuries. And we just talked about how RJ's cold. We have Grimes again, who was in and out for whatever reason, this conspiracy. Alex had a tinfoil hat on uh, for the, for the, for the Cam Reddish hive, which, you know, here we are again, Alex. Like, what are, what are we going to do here? Uh, with, with Grimes out is, is Cam Reddish going to get time? Is Fournier going to get time? And more importantly, what's that going to do to RJ? I don't think it's going to affect Randall that much. Obviously not the the five spot either, but what do you think that's going to do to RJ on both sides of the ball? I wonder, I love that you brought that up too, because I've been wondering about this. And it's funny, Alex, I was talking, this is off camera. I was talking with JD. (laughs) JD and I were talking about this literally like almost two weeks ago now. And he was like, yo, what happens to your point, John? He was like, what's going to happen when there's an injury? He mentioned, he's like, what if Grimes goes down? What's Tibbs going to do? Is he going to play Cam Reddish? And you know the Cam Hive, they're bubbling tonight. Because <laughs> they they want to see this happen. Um, I think it does have an impact, right? Because of what you're saying that Grimes, he's guarding the team's best defender. We just, we all agreed and we are lauding how much better the defense has been since they've gone to this nine-man rotation, since they put Grimes in the starting lineup. And we could see the impacts. So our eyes tell us that. Um, listen, you put, if Reddish is going to come in, which would make sense that he would play, but It'll be very interesting to see how <laughs> stubborn or not stubborn Tibbs is on this. Um, it does impact, right, to, to a certain degree, because now RJ now probably has to guard the best the best player on the other team. And while he's been a solid defender, I don't think I think we always say Grimes is a better on the ball defender than he, than he is. Um, it takes a little bit out of him. The one thing I do like, and we touched upon this already, is that he's been playing with that second unit, and I have liked the minutes and how he's looked with the second unit, getting to lead that second unit. So I hope that stays the same in terms of the rotation minutes, how he's divvied out. I don't think it impacts Randall as much, but I think it definitely it more impacts RJ because he'll have to probably guard the other team's best uh, offensive player. So it's going to be really interesting. But a lot of it comes down to what does, what does Tibbs do here? 
And how bad is this ankle injury? I know we'll get into that, how bad it is for Grimes, et cetera. But a lot of it comes down to what Tibbs decides to do here with the rotations. I feel like he's forced to play Reddish. (laughs) But who who knows? I I, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, Listen, I've heard things from people who know even more than me and around the team. And I've heard Tibbs is not the biggest Reddish fan. I'm sure you guys have heard that as well, too. Um, he is the biggest Grimes fan. I can tell you. Join sure. um, the club. Yeah. So, I, so I don't know. But like, you would think that you'd hope that he doesn't put his, you know, how he feels in his pride. This is the spot for Grimes. And let's be fair. Let, let's excuse me. The spot for Reddish. Let's be fair to Reddish here. Reddish did play solidly at the start of the season, right? For sure. And he was defending. I want to be very clear about that. Now, he did start <laughs> slacking on the defense around that Mavericks game, particularly in that Mavericks game. And then Thibs pulled him out and it was like, look, he's never coming back in. Do I think that was probably unfair to Reddish? Yes. And I know the Cam Hive is out there like, I agree with you, Dexter. I get that. <laughs> but this is the spot to use him. He's a six eight guy. He can play the wing. We've seen him play when he's focused on defense. This is a spot to use him if Grimes is going to be out for some time. And I think it would be a mistake to not use him. It it is the right time for him to use for Tom Thibodeau to use Cam Reddish, but back in my conspiracy bag, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen. Wait, I, wait, wait, so can I hear more about this conspiracy, Alex? Why? What what do you what do you feel is going on? So it was on Knicks fan TV and uh-huh. uh there's a whole clip on it on IG too, which I, I just believe that this whole thing of Cam being out is that he, you know, we've now had two reports this season, one by Berman before he he left the post. And now one by Bondi where the Knicks are working with Cam's agents to go find him a new location. So I also think that this is this is my conspiracy theory. This is the tinfoil hat. Cam got enough playing time to have enough film this season to trade him to show what he can do in this league and to get some value for him. And then once Tibbs saw that Mavericks game, it was a good opportunity for them to pull. Everything goes sour. Let's get him on out of here. That's my Knicks whole experience. Have, Knicks haven't lost a game since. <laughs> I, here's what here's what I'll say to that. Um, all right, I don't I don't feel like we should call it a conspiracy theory because I actually don't I actually don't think it's that crazy. Oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I might have to tell you guys a little about this off recording about why I feel that is. But I think I'm going to say this. I think Alex might be connecting some good dots there. That's that that I don't feel like it's that insane, especially if you know how the league works in a lot of things, which is like, yes, building up a person's trade value is real. Like teams really do this. And it's not. It's not crazy. I'm going to say that. <laughs> and, All right. And, and, and the front that. office, the front office has a propensity to do that. Right. Whether that's, you know, the McBride we're getting. You know, whispers that McBride came from above tips. Like, yo, you have to start playing him. And then he, and then, you know, now he's starting to get in the rotation. So there are, and we all know about, you know, just how the Knicks run. They, the, the Knicks organization in general. So maybe that's not too crazy, but you know, what was crazy. I mean, just, just while we're on this topic and just another player that I, I feel like has just been in this crazy mix of Knicks fans and conspiracy and hive and start him. And what is he doing? And you mentioned Alfred Payton. But yeah, what's yeah. going, what's going on with Manuel quickly? I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're just aside, you know, off, off air. I was talking with, uh, Claudio, who, uh, you know, is, is doing Nick's film school, of course, and, yep. and Alex, and, and I'm watching the game and, you know, I, I'm being a little cheeky about it, but I, you know, I asked it, when, when IQ, you know, comes in for RJ so that RJ could play in that second unit, the end of the first quarter is, is the best. Knicks basketball there has I've ever seen like every for the last like 12 games the end of the like the, the last five minutes of the first quarter is just unbelievable Knicks basketball and that's exactly when IQ comes in for RJ and it's we have the it's IQ Brunson uh Grimes Randall and Mitch and I'm just asking I'm what what's going on with IQ right because we we know what what his place in can he can he jump in and and maybe start at the shooting guard? Why isn't he getting the minutes? Is do we also have the trade rumors with IQ? Right, we're talking front office, we're talking conspiracy. Like what what's what's going on with his role on the team? Yeah, it's I, I think it's very interesting. I think he's an interesting player to watch this next couple of months, right? 
he started off the season not shooting the ball well, as you guys know. Um, although he had, what, five threes against Golden State um, the other night. Mm-hmm. I think that with IQ, the thing that I like with him, and this is probably what you're getting at, John, too, is that, look, he comes in, he gives good minutes, he gives good energy. I was saying this to somebody the other day. The thing you have to like about him is, despite him struggling with a shot, and he's not shot the ball as well as he has since his rookie year, despite him struggling with a shot, he does so many other good things, even as an undersized guard. He defends well. I don't think he gets enough credit for his defense. He is good. He gets up in people's stuff. He will close out hard. He, <laughs> he gets in the passing hard. lane, too. Yeah, he'll get in the passing lanes. He's also a very good rebounder for his size. Something else I think that's really good about him. I like IQ. I think IQ is a good player. I even hate using this term sometimes, but he's a winning player. Um, and, and my, he's got, he's got a lot of good intangibles to him. You're right. There's a, there's, there's a good argument to be made. He could start it too. Now you're going to lose a little bit of size and I tend to like him more off the bench personally, but he's a solid player. And I think, I think Tibbs, I know Tibbs likes him as a player Mm -hmm. because of what I've, the stuff I'm saying, because he defends. If he misses five shots, he doesn't let it get to him. It doesn't impact other areas of the game for him. I think that's a good thing. I think he's a good glue guy. I hate even using that term too for the rest of the team. But I think I, I like I think he is. I almost am like, why would you trade him now? Um I'm I'm like because I'm seeing more with him and I'm like, no, I think he fits into what this team needs in their culture. I think there's an argument to be said that you're not gonna be able to keep both him and Obi just because of the way financial things are going to work out. I, mm-hmm. I don't think the Knicks will be able to keep them, but look. That's another conversation for another day. Right now, you got some good depth. Things are rolling. I still do think the Knicks need to make a consolidation trade, and that might be coming with Reddish or somebody else. Um, but right now, they got good depth. The young players are playing good. Do they have a bona fide superstar? No. Is this team have a lot of good continuity and there's a good culture building? Yes. And that's the thing I think Knicks fans should be about. And I think Emmanuel quickly should probably be a part of that. But because of his salary, because he's a solid player, I think you're going to hear his name come up a lot in trade talks. You know, Ian Begley had reported that a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Teams were calling and asking about IQ. Now, now it's past December 15th. I wonder if those calls are still the same, guys, if those conversations are still the same. Things can change very quickly. I don't know. The Knicks might no, pun in, no pun intended. Yeah, right. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't catch, I didn't even catch myself there. But, uh, you know, we, we we can see things things can change very quickly. But we can see how that all plays out. I like quickly as a player, man. I like IQ as a player. I think he's a player that can really he's helped the team. He's a positive, and I and I like him. I I think he's a a good combo guard off the bench, and he gives us some versatility. So I like him as a player. I think I agree with everything you said. First off, and foremost, Dexter. I think the thing when you watch quickly enter the last quarter. Yes, it's all the intangibles, but I also think yeah, because when you have Randall, RJ, and Brunson out there, it's your three primary guys. Not everyone's going to be able to get the same amount of touches in the first quarter. I think you start to see it pop when you limit from three to two because quickly doesn't deserve the same amount of shot attempts as Brunson or Randall if he's in that type of lineup. So they, they kind of look at him as like another Grimes where he's a connector, take the shots where, where you're free. Rather than if it's RJ's in there, it's kind of like, okay, all three of us have to eat and cook and help this team. So I think it's just, it's an addition by subtraction. Like you're going to start with your best players, but I think Tibbs has worked it to the point where he brings a six man off the bench, kind of reduces the amount of like, he increases the shot attempts for Brunson and Randall while keeping the defense on, on point for, for that and keeping like the continuity with that type of offense. I think that's what's happening there, but mm. you know, trading quickly, like, Dexter, you said, like, things things change so quickly in this league. Look, we just had that article once again, right? It was like, oh, yeah. we'll talk about trading for OG Ananobi later. But it was like, oh, there was a call made for OG Ananobi. And you're like, well, this is this is news because that's right. that's, that's very big. That's a big change, uh, especially when you, considering when you signed somebody to an extension and they play the same position and you were a little hesitant to trade Quentin Grimes for, you know, you, you for Donovan Mitchell. And now you're ready to make – there's only one person that – could change in that rotation that you haven't extended in my thoughts, but we'll get, we'll get to that yes, later. So we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But speaking of the guy that would have been changed, Quentin Grimes, who's now going to miss tonight's game We're recording at 641 right now. We start earlier uh, on Wednesday night. 
He's got an injured ankle. We saw that uh, last night against the Warriors. As we heard Reggie complain and argue over the reckless uh, closeout and, and all this stuff. And, oh, look at this. There's a shout out to John for, for sending the update from Ian Begley. Quentin Grimes is TBD for tonight. He will warm up and see if he can play on a sprained ankle per Tom Thibodeau. I, this, I'm just seeing that, too. That's uh wow. That, going from doubtful to Oh, no, now he's, now he's not playing. Okay, okay, now, okay, okay. There's an update to that. Begley now just said he's out. He's okay, out. okay. Yeah. There we oh, go. literally, literally 16 seconds ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. So he's officially out. He's officially out. All right, um, there we go. Woo. So he, I, I guess he gave it. I guess he gave it a go. I was gonna be shocked because he went from doubt. He was doubtful earlier. I saw right. that. But um, it's a good sign yeah. for the long term, right? So even if it's uh, Cam Reddish for the day, IQ for the day. I doubt for I doubt they're gonna play Fournier, but if, if Fournier, gets I doubt they're gonna play the Reddish. Day. In all honesty, <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? So you, guys, you guys doubt they'll play Reddish? You think they won't play Reddish? I, I don't think Reddish is gonna play tonight. I think I still am going with they don't want him to be injured because Cam Cam is known to get injured easily. Oh, so you're also going with this? They're still protecting yes uh, his trade value. Oh, oh yeah. So eight man yeah. rotation, uh, or you bring Derrick Rose back in. And you put quickly up to the second or McBride up to the up. You put McBride or quickly up with the first unit and you bring Derrick Rose back. That's what I'm thinking. I think that's more likely to happen because I agree. I agree with you, Alex. I think it's more likely to see Derrick Rose than you are to see, sadly, see Reddish or definitely not Fournier. You're not going to see Fournier. Fournier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't need to to showcase Fournier. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't give you the defense. His offense is inconsistent. Um, and Derrick Rose, especially when you start reading all the articles on how he wants to be here, you know, the va- the value of like the Udonis Haslam type role to this team now. I'd he he started he didn't start, but he got minutes earlier this season. I see it's more likely for him rather than taking the risk on Cam and definitely Fournier. So I would see that happening tonight. But hopefully for Grimes, you know, he's back later this week. That's that's the hope, right? Yeah, that is the hope. I, I'm, I'm now, now I can't wait for the starting lineup announcement. I'm, I don't know if I've been so excited to see a starting lineup announcement. Uh, cause, Cause it can go multiple ways, guys. If, if Cam starts, the Cam Hive is going to be full in force. If uh, he doesn't start, Alex Theory is just looking stronger and stronger. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who, who starts this one. It'll be interesting to see. I'm yeah, happy for mean? a positive. I'm happy for a positive reason. I remember the last time we were doing this, it was to see if Alfred Payton was starting, and then it was just a riot every time. So I'm happy now. It's kind of we're on a win streak here. Things are positive. Uh, but before we're gonna get the live reaction here for, uh, for the rotation, uh, most likely. But before we get into that, we haven't mentioned really the big men. And Alex yeah. knows I, I I love the big men. Uh, nothing kills me more than second chance opportunities for the other teams. Uh, nothing kills me more than power, power forwards that don't get boards, which honestly was hurting me a little bit with Obi. Like Obi hanging out at the three point line was cool, but Isaiah Hartenstein playing five was not. And so when Obi was at the four and I, and I Hart was at the five, it was really killing me inside. I, I love what this team is doing with Mitch and Sims because I need Sims to be on the court. And I love obviously what Randall's doing with I Hart backing him up. And I'm going to ask you a crazy question here and. There's already, I, I know, like, shout out to OB Avengers, one of our guys, he's, he's already screaming at me. I, I know, but what, somebody's going to have to go, right? Either I heart or OB. Obviously, like, the, the trade value, the love for, the love for the team is, is, is quite different, right? Between I heart and, and OB, but we have eyes, right? We watch the games. We also see stats. Like, what, how do you think? Obi fits back in this in this rotation. Like, do we get rid of iHeart? What what do we just Sims back down? Like, how, how do you think this kind of five man like Tim's lots of we're talking about Tim's playing a total eight man rotation. Now we're asking for a five man rotation just in two spots. Like, what, like what, what do you guys think is gonna happen here? I think it's likely that Sims sits down when Obi comes back. However, there. And maybe I'm look. I'm a big Sims fan. I like Sims. I think me too. Sims. Me too, man. You're like preaching to the choir. I'm about to buy a 45. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think one of the smart moves the team did this offseason was signing to that small contract. 
that they did. I think it was like three years, six million. He's getting like two million a year. He's a really good backup center. I think there's a strong argument to be made that he could be the backup center and he's ready for those backup minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, because to your point, John, would you rather have minutes with Obi with Sims on the court or would you rather have minutes with Obi and Hartenstein on the court? And I don't dislike Hartenstein. You lose a little bit on defense. He's a very good passer. I do like that about him. But you lose a little bit on defense. And he rebounds fine enough. But I think Sims is a better rebounder, better interior presence um, as well, too. So I'm wondering if he becomes expendable in, in trades. You know, that's to bring back Alex's word. We we showcase a little <laughs> bit more Isaiah Hardenstein, right? Like, yes. Like, like can, can, can we do that? Um, maybe Maybe that happens, and that's the best move. I think there's value in Obi. I'm like you. Would I like to see Obi Obi grab some more boards? And another thing with Obi, and this is going to be really interesting when he comes back, the way this team is playing defensively right now, guys, Obi's got to buy in and start moving his feet and playing defensively with that same energy. That's been the one knock on him, and I think that's the thing that's probably stopped him from getting more minutes at the floor on the on the floor and seeing more time with him and Randall, where he plays at the five. He's got to be better defensively, and I think he's got to you know, step up on that end. I think if he does, he can get more minutes. But one thing I have liked from this year is we've seen the improved three-point shooting, um, especially from the corners. He's he's hitting at a better clip. You know, I'm sure we all would like to see him do more, maybe put the ball on the floor a little bit more too. I see you shaking your head there, Alex. Yeah, we'd mm-hmm. like to see that a little bit more. <laughs> now, some of that is he doesn't get enough time to do that, and that's a whole yep. other argument. But I think Sims is probably likely to be the odd man out when he comes back. Um, but I that hurts. That I, hurts. Might be, I might be part of the Sims Hive or whatever we're calling that. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him get more minutes, and I kind of think he's ready for backup Mitch minutes. I I actually feel that way strongly that he is. Um, and I think Hartenstein is expendable, but it's a good tradable contract, and he can help a team. I'm not out here crapping on Hartenstein or saying that he's a bum or he can't play or anything. He can't help the team. Not at all. I'm just actually like, yo, I think we'll be fine with those Sims minutes. That's kind of what I'm. Yeah, thinking. yeah, and it's because we love Obi, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, we have to pick one at, at, at some point. Right. I'm just, I'm just wondering if, like you said, man, is he going to buy in, Alex? Do you think Obi's going to be able to buy into to what iHeart's doing? Like, iHeart's not waiting at the three point line. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how easy, like, how like not harsh, or not harsh way to say that. But you have to actually play power forward, not three and D. Yeah, no, I think I agree that he has to play with more active energy on defense. I think he will. He was part of that win when the Knicks beat the Cavaliers, and that was the beginning of their win streak. He was in that game and then got hurt in the Atlanta game. Um, I think for for what I see out of Obi, right, is that he'll provide more offense than Hartenstein gives you, like, I think the thing that we don't see enough of Obi, as Dexter pointed out, we don't see him getting that freedom for offense, right? And I think it's kind of like what Tibbs asks him to do too. Like, what was what was that article from uh, the New York Post earlier this year? They wanted to see Obi shoot the three better, rebound, and not always leak out. Well, we don't really see him leak out as much as he used to. He's okay. gotten a little bit. He's gotten better at rebounding. The three has has taken a dip. Um. Before he got injured, but I think I think he's kind of in his own head at this point. I think he went back to starting looking at Tibbs again too, when he should not be looking at Tibbs, as Derek Rose said. So I think he gets a little nervous. I think he's back in his own head and just he just needs to get confident again. But I also think that they have to set him up so that way he can flash his passing. You know, let him work the high post a little bit, okay? Like force, like do do something a little bit more creative and get him engaged in the offense because I think what you're looking for out of him. Because at the time before we got Grimes back, we didn't really have three point shooting. So it was like, Obi, we need you to be a three point shooter now. <laughs> and now that's, if we got a healthy Grimes, you know, and you got McBride who's getting a little bit more confident taking those shots. I could see Obi like, you can now shift Obi to playing that power forward instead of asking him, all right, we need you to keep shooting threes because looking around, we got nobody else right now. All right. And everyone's bricking up shots. So hopefully it's James. I'm optimistic. I think you got to trade. Hartenstein and not and and to Dexter's point, it's not because he's a bad player. I actually just did a preview for Knicks Fan TV, talked to uh William Wu, who covers uh the Raptors for Sportsnet up in Canada. Great guy, great journalist. Um and we you know we were talking about the Raptors, they don't have a center. 
they're playing Christian Coloco out there. So he's not a center. You can put Hardstein in there. He could be a starter for 30 some odd minutes up there if he wants that type of role. Fair. And uh, if you're looking for someone who can theoretically stretch the floor, I love when ESPN or whoever is covering the game is like, and that's Hardenstein's six made three this season. Can we just stop uh, <laughs> insulting the guy? <laughs> But yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I think it's fair for, for Obi, uh, to, to get back in there. I think we got to move off of Hardenstein. Just open it up for all the other young guys, man. Just, and get some value. I think you, as Dexter said, he's not, he's not on a terrible contract. Nah, he's a, he's a useful contract. player. You know, he did work when he was out in, uh, on the Clippers and, and when he was out in Cleveland. He's a fine player. Yeah. But let's get into these trade rumors, guys, you know? Going back to Begley's article, that, that article is getting a lot of traction, uh, in this, in this pod because there's a lot of eye popping things in there. We, we saw, you know, the call for OG and Anobi. We have the rumors for Zach Levine out there now. Um, do we think the Knicks are going to make a trade? What, what are your thoughts, Dexter? What, what's happening here? I do think the Knicks are going to make a trade, but I think the thing to keep your eye on is, their record right like where are they going to be as we get closer to the deadline right listen things can change quickly i'm going to say that again things (laughs) can change real quickly we're feeling good vibes the team is on an eight game winning streak hopefully nine after we record the show everybody hopes that but what if things go south and they're out and then they become sellers it's about where they are when you get closer are they buyers or sellers listen I like the OG Ananobi stuff. I do. I like yeah. OG. Yes. I think he's a good player. I think he would fit exactly into the culture of what the Knicks are trying to do. Now, for some Knicks fans, I think they're going to say, uh, it doesn't move the needle. Some Knicks fans are going to get excited <laughs> about Zach Levine. I'm not excited about Zach Levine. Yes. I'm not here for Zach Levine in New York experience. I'm good on that. We can yes. pass on that. Some people are going to say DeMar DeRozan. A lot of the Bulls, got, because where the Bulls and the Raptors are, there's going to be a lot of talk about those guys. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I don't think he really fits with the, what the Knicks timeline and what they're trying to do. Although I do like DeMar DeRozan as a player. I don't think he fits with what they're trying to do. So I'm kind of out on that. Now, what, what, in Begley's article, Begley did talk about what the potential cost might be for, did he talk about the potential cost about what it might be for, for OG? He didn't well, really Z- say that. Well, but, Zach Lowe actually talked about the cost for OG and Anobi. And they, and he said, that. he said on his podcast, I heard what he said. Yeah. Yeah. He said uh, about what did he say? He said about, he said it might be close to what, the, Donovan uh, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that's it. I was driving around today and then I kind of heard that and I was like, ah, yeah, that changed my vibe a little bit on it. Like, I, I think OG's really good, but then I thought about it too and I'm like, ah, you know what? I can see that the price being three first rounders. Oh. It does seem like a little bit of a lot for him. I don't know how you feel about that, Alex. It does seem like a little bit of a lot. I'm not doing it, man. Our first rounders, our first rounders, or like the ones we acquired. Like, then we're having different conversations. Ah, that's true. That's a good point. That is a good point. I agree, but it's still three, man. I know, I know, I know. We have six. We have six. So if like, if you're going to take like the Dallas one, if you want like the Pistons one, like now we're talking, but if you want our picks and RJ, or Grimes, like that, that was the trade, right? For, for Donovan Mitchell. Like it also included players. I don't know about all that. I, I have a question though. Like yeah, yeah, I'm no. with you. I'm with you on, on Levine and OG. I feel exactly the same way as you. But my follow up is I asked you about Obi, you know, a minute ago. Mm-hmm. You said we got to trade iHeart. Uh, I think Obi would definitely be here. But the question is, are you getting rid of RJ? Sending him back to Canada. Mm. I mean, listen, I see how that works. I see how it works for the Raptors. Great for marketing. Bring the, the kid from Canada back home. And I, I, I totally see all that. Um, it works for us oh, too. We got OG. Emmanuel quickly is getting the start tonight. Let's Ooh, go. Let's you go. Called, you called it, Johnson. Good call. Let's go. And that kind of also makes Alex's theory continue a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Cameron's um, not getting anything today. <laughs> yeah. That, well, see, that's another thing too. Will he get into the rotation? We'll see. We'll see. I, not to hijack your question, but no, no, no. Um, you were asking about RJ and would I, I guess, be comfortable with him being traded in one of these deals? Um, no, because I kind of feel like we'd be giving up on him too quickly. And you said quickly a lot in this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, 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 
And now, now you really got me thinking about would I do it in terms of OG? Is that what you're really asking? Too? Yeah. Yeah. Cause Zach, I'm not even, honestly, if, I would laugh in their face if they said RJ and three first round picks for Zach Levine. I would literally laugh and close the phone and say, don't ever call me again. I just, see, <laughs> I, I just don't see how Zach Levine really helps the Knicks. Yeah. Um, but OG, OG is, changes like, everything for us. It, they really, he really does change this entire dynamic of now, this would team. You, would you give up grabs for OG? Yeah. See, I, See, I, I'm not sure. See, I would like it if you have a world where you can keep Grimes or OG. I'm actually more inclined to trade RJ yeah. and picks back than I would Grimes. Maybe that's an indictment of how I feel about RJ, but what I'm saying is I think I like a team better where you have the switchability of yes. OG and Grimes. Exactly. What a team. And yeah, Randall. That team would be, that team would be oh. different. Oh. Be, they, they'd be physical. They're really good defensive defenders. Um, you got some size, some switchability. OG can shoot, obviously a very good corner three shooter. Grimes obviously shooting the ball as well too. There's things I would like about the way that team could look and play. So to answer your question, yeah, I might do that with RJ. I might do that. I think <laughs> I'm with you, man. The thing is, like with the OG call, right? It's it can't happen this season because you got the poison pill and the contract extension. Right, right. So then you'd have to wait until the end of this year to make that move. So that way the Raptors uh would be more inclined to do so. But yeah, OG. And that's the thing is that I would want to see more defense switchability. OJ, OG can still score as well. Um, And he's shown that in times where you can't, where Siakam doesn't have it, Van Vliet doesn't have it, uh Scotty Barnes doesn't have it. He can step up to that challenge and he right. can put up numbers. So to have that, Plus Brunson, Randall, and then Grimes, and you have that defense still. That's you don't even lose. You don't. You don't. You don't skip a beat on defense, and then your offense potentially takes another step forward. Um, so I like it, uh, but the cost is it's a little too steep for me, man. And Zach Levine, like I like Zach Levine as a player. Let me let me just say this: I like Zach Levine as a player. He doesn't fit what the Knicks need. <laughs> That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, he doesn't fit with. Yeah, I just don't see it fitting what they need. And and listen, a lot of Knicks fans are gonna, you know, they're gonna be really excited about this. Yeah, he won eight games in a row. Now you're starting to be on the buyer side of things and not the seller side. So that always feels better. But more things, more things are gonna open up in the next couple of weeks. You know, as certain teams see that they're out of it. They feel like they're more at the bottom of the playing tournament than they are close to the playoffs. You know, the market's going to open up, and I think we'll see some other names. I mean, one other name, I, I, I told J.D. this when we were talking, no Carl Anthony Towns. I, I, I want, no, no, I, absolutely I, I not. I do not want to hear no. that. I, no. No, no, thanks. Just, just, just no. I'm just going to, just no. We, we don't, we don't have to do that. No. We, we don't, we don't. Nope. Yeah. You can't do it. I, I agree 100%. There's no way. I, he I seems like an, he seems like a net, to be honest with you. I, I understand exactly what you mean. I understand exactly what you mean. I understand exactly what you mean. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, well, listen, uh, look, we're, we're talking trades. We're talking Nick's front office. We had the tampering stuff come uh, come through. We kind of all saw it coming. We, 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 tried to, we tried to all play uh, lawyer here. We're like, oh, his dad's here. Just, you know, father-son talking over dinner, whatever. Uh, we got exonerated from the Rick Brunson, uh, I heart stuff at least, but we, we got the second round pick taken away from us. We, 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 uh, we were trying to scheme over here, uh, for the Knicks to get a terrible second round pick, uh, for, for the NBA to take that because they usually take the next coming one. But it turned out in the article, uh, a little quick blurb, I think, uh, by Katz, Fred Katz of the Athletic. He wrote that the NBA specifically wanted the Knicks own dra- uh, draft pick. So we could, we couldn't get away from it. Do you have any thoughts? Does it, does this move the needle at all for you? Uh, are you more on the, I would have gave up two second round picks for Brunson plus the, plus the money. Or are you like, why are we doing sloppy deals with someone who was already a 90% guarantee to come here? My, my whole take on this is that the tampering rules in the NBA are stupid, right? Like that's just yep. it for me. Everybody's tampering. You around sports, you cover sports like you guys do. You know that these guys are talking, the agents are talking. This happens all the time. The, it just annoys me that we're acting as though it doesn't happen and now we're trying to slap <laughs> penalties on teams. Look, for the Knicks fan, 
2025 second round pick. They wanted the Knicks own pick, right? Whatever. If that was the cost of business to get Brunson in here, I'll so I'll do it ten out of ten. <laughs> okay. Times. Okay. Absolutely. So you with that? Okay. Absolutely. So yeah. who, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Now, now look, if they were talking about first round picks and they slammed them for, first round <laughs> yeah. pick, then I'd have been like, oh, okay, I don't know. But for a second rounder, like, who, like who cares, right? Like this is what it is. And listen, there was all this talk, and Alex knows this, and and I was watching Knicks fan TV when you know during free agency when. Brunson got signed. I was hearing what all the Knicks fans said, and there were people like, oh, too much for Brunson. I had a dinner with a friend the other night. It was like, Dexter, they gave Brunson $100 million. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you're focusing on $100 million. He's been a fantastic value. I think yes. he's an all-star. Yep. He's been amazing for the Knicks and the Knicks culture. Is he the best point guard in the league? No. Is he probably a top-tier point guard? No, but he's just fine for what the Knicks need. And if that costs him a second-round pick, I look at that as a trade. Eh, whatever. Yeah. So be it. We all waxing poetic about how good he's been for the Knicks. It's fine. And I know people will listen to this and they'll watch this and say, oh, you guys don't care about second round picks. No, we don't. None of us do. <laughs> you, you don't care about a second round pick like that. If you say you do, I don't believe you. But what you about Mitch Robinson? Robinson? But what about Mitch Robinson? <laughs> you, know what? you know what? If you were, if this was a situation where, I don't know, man, like you didn't have many first round picks. And you were looking to add like piece value pieces to your team, but the Knicks have so many picks, it doesn't even matter yeah. right now. So Facts. it's just like, yes, Facts. the Knicks have an embarrassing. So many second round picks to be right. specific, right? Like, like, like you think you think any of the guys in the front office are crying over this? They're like, man, whatever, it's cost of business. We'll keep it moving. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that's a fact. Nah, well said, Dexter. <laughs> I agree with that one hundred percent. There's, yeah. honestly, who cares? It's a second round pick. I think to add on though, it's just the ridiculousness of how we're going about tampering. Like, yeah. come on now. Like, what do, what are we all supposed to believe that these guys just make a decision as soon as free agency opens up? Like, hmm, where am I going to go? Like, oh. maybe that was, De- maybe that was DeAndre Jordan back in the day when he was like, I'm going to be a man. <laughs> nah, I'm going to stay with the Clippers. Nah, I'm a, I have no idea. <laughs> right. Right. Like, no, but, like, I, I think that's the big conversation needs to be had. Like, what are we doing with tampering and why is the league trying to, act as though it's serious when we all know it's not that serious and i don't think fans care like i even mavericks fans i've talked to right like nobody was like oh man the knicks tampered they took brunson away mavericks fans are more mad that like they didn't offer brunson the bag when they could have yeah that's what i'm hearing i think the intelligent basketball fans know that and the intelligent basketball fans listen to the show nobody cares about this let's stop acting like it we know these deals are, t- it's going to happen this year before June 30th or whatever. We know players are going to be talking about where they're going to go. The agents talk to teams, all this back channel stuff. It happens, man. Like they, they got Arson judged, man. They got Arson judged. <laughs> he could have had the extension and then yeah. he went, ho- went home to San Francisco. Like they just got Arson judged. Thankfully not Aaron judge, but that, right. that, that, that's, that's just how it goes. That's how it but goes. The vibes are positive around the Knicks though. We're on this winning streak. We've talked about it. By the time people come out, they already know the outcome of the Knicks Toronto game. They already know the Knicks beat them. So that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let me ask you what happens with the next couple of games. We like to go over. We like to have a little prediction up here for the next three, four games coming up here. We have a home stretch, right? We have Toronto tonight. We got the good old Chicago Bulls again on Friday. Uh, we got Christmas game versus Philly at noon to start off the Christmas slate. I haven't seen the jerseys yet. I don't know if you guys have seen. I don't know if we have Christmas jerseys yet. So I'm I'm, I'm curious uh, what that looks like. I think they're just gonna wear the city edition jerseys. Oh, uh, okay, because that. that would make a huge difference of who's gonna. If, if one team has like really ugly jersey, I feel like that would that would, that would change the game. And then uh, we're at Dallas, uh, starting a, a little uh, Texas uh, road trip. But we'll we'll stop we'll stop uh, at that Tuesday game. Texas, we'll start with you here. Yeah, I, I mean. I, Obviously, we're going to go 12 and 0, but if they don't <laughs> go 12 and 0, how do you think, uh, this uh, next, uh, four games will, uh, go ahead? We don't even know when Grimes is going to come in, right? So maybe. That's true. Yeah. I think there's a legit possibility that they could be, what would be a 10 game winning streak by Christmas day. That's what I would like to see. I'm hoping that happens. You know, I like, I like a little national juice around the Knicks where they're coming in. Take, listen, it always gives me good stuff to talk about and the stuff that I do. So, like, yeah. 10 games, going into Christmas Day game, maybe people have been sleeping on the Knicks, Philly coming into town, should be a good one. You know, Embiid's going to be pumped up. Uh, that, sh- that should be a good one. I think they realistically can do that. 
Now, Philly's going to be tough. Um, they're starting to play better basketball. I think, which is, but again, that's a good test. I think it's what you want. You want to be playing good basketball, a good test. Let's say Grimes doesn't play tonight's game, obviously, and the Chicago game. Let's say that. And his ankles are tricky, so it's tough. Yep. Let's say that happens and he's good for the Philly game, which I think is a good you know, spot for him to come back in. Um, and they're rolling with rolling before there. I think that's really good. And then let's say they win the Philly game. We're talking about 11 in a row. And they go to Dallas, <laughs> Dallas next Tuesday. Dallas next Tuesday, right? They do that, yeah. you know, against Luca. And listen, I love that. I'd love to go into your 11 in a row. You want to get some payback for what they did to yes. you in the second half. Because you know what annoyed me about that game? There's one thing that particularly annoyed me about that game before. I Let's hear it. Off. Tim Hardaway Jr. chirping. Oh. <laughs> that, that bothered me, man. Yeah, that, yeah. And listen, I'm always for players. You got to talk your stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta talk your ish whenever you want. But him chirping around and saying, this is my city on the garden floor. And I'm like, bro, you're Tim Hardaway Jr. A lot of Nick fans wanted to drive you to the airport. Come on, man. Twice. Like, twice. <laughs> yeah. Your point, God, Twice. I think the Knicks should want a little bit of revenge there, and I think that'll be interesting to see if they're doing that. But listen, there's winnable games here. You can win. Toronto's a winnable game, yeah. right? Chicago's definitely a winnable game. And listen, as a Knicks fan from the 90s, I still can't stand the Bulls. Anytime the Knicks could beat them is good with me. That's yes. fine. And so, yeah, but I think that Keith, I'm the Knicks fan. I hate going that far ahead. I really don't like doing this. Yeah, but yeah. if you can get to Philly, 10 games in a row, national TV, show out there now you're cooking with grease and, but, but, yeah. by the way i'm with you boycott the jordan symbol on the knicks jerseys boycott that's something i still feel weird about too man that that I, I feel weird about that too that just doesn't feel right it just doesn't feel right at all it doesn't feel right at all but you, you, no, know, I, you yeah. know jordan's like sitting in his like chair down in charlotte just like loving that he oh, gets he to see it. the knicks oh, have it. jordan logo on their jersey <laughs> oh he loves it <laughs> but like, I think the Knicks fans should look at the schedule and the way they're playing defense. There's no reason to think they can't win these games. This is what happens when you start to play good basketball. You look at these games, even Philly. You're looking ahead. You're like, okay, yeah, we're we're, we're gonna be good. I know we saw them the first time. They had no Embiid, no Harden. We almost lost that game. But they they this is they know they can compete. I think the key right now has to be about one game at a time. I know it sounds cliche, but just continuing to build confidence and listen. I think, John, it was you that said the team is on the next man up vibe. That's how it has to be with Grimes for however long he's out. Can you step up? Can other guys step up? Can you continue this defensive intensity that we've seen for them? I mean, I have no reason to believe that they can't. Um, you know, but I, I, th- I think they will. These are winnable games. And if, I think if they lose a game, whenever it goes, because the streak's going to end at some point, <laughs> whenever they do, it's just about how they bounce back and not, you know, the more you build the winning streak is the more you allow for your record to be better, obviously, and also more rooms for mistakes if you have slippage. But you don't want the losing streaks to get bad. And I think this team is a good – there's something I like about this team right now. They have a good togetherness and good fight. I was talking with Zach Rosillo about that the other day, and they – you know, he says they – I think that's the reason you've seen them win on the road a lot too. Um, so they got to start winning some games at home too and getting that home court advantage, as Clyde always yeah. likes to bring up. And I think that matters too in this stretch that we have right here. And so hopefully the Knicks are able to do that. Yeah, and and real quick, Alex, before we get your take here, the thing nobody mentions, we all like to talk about the Knicks eight game winning streak, but the, the 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 third seed, the Cavs are on a four game, the fourth seed Nets are on a six game, the fifth seed 76ers are on a five game, the Knicks are on the eighth game, right? And the, and the seventh seed Hawks are on a two game, right? Because of us. So in the middle there. So it, yes, it's great, but at the grand scheme of things, it's not that important. We're just keeping up. Like we're just, we're just moving with the line because if we do lose, we would just be stumbling here. We would get, you know, in the middle of this herd. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think for these upcoming games, right? Like, Dexter brought up the point of like how there's a togetherness with this team. And you see that, like, you see that, like, after games, you hear about Brunson. I think when you talk about leadership in the locker room and Brunson being that guy, he always talks about staying together, staying together. There was like one post, there's one post game where he said, stay together, like four different times. And I was like, Okay, this guy's all about being together, having that bond and unity. And I think you're seeing that over this course as well. And I expect that to translate into tonight against Toronto. I think that will go the same for the Bulls because look, the Raptors are reeling. 
the Bulls had just an argument after losing to losing in Miami, and then they're they're talking about blowing it up right now. So uh, from what the reports are are saying, I think those two games are definitely winnable. The Knicks are are surging. Not only are they winning, they're together. The locker room seems to be at peace. All those things are are, are curating an environment for a winning for success and for winning. While the other teams are going through it right now. So I expect those two, I would expect those two games to continue this win streak. And then you get to Philly and that will be a good battle test. Um, that will be a good battle test. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> don't do I, it. Don't I, do I, it. I, it's Christmas, Alex. It's For Christmas. God's sake, it's Christmas. <laughs> it is Christmas. I want, I'm, I'll amend it. How about that? I'll amend it to going into Christmas and winning. Cause I said three and one on Knicks fan TV earlier this week, but the way that they just beat the Golden State Warriors. There's a level of confidence because a Knicks team playing a down bad team, that would have been an even paced game. Yet they molly whopped. They molly whopped them. So I like that. Uh I'm gonna go into Christmas feeling confident as well. And then Dallas, I like the storyline that Dexter gave. Give me that storyline, man. Give me that storyline all day. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. Part of me wants to just trade just trade for Hardaway Jr. and just ship him out one more time, like within a day. <laughs> just for that. <laughs> I, damn, I have a feel. Damn, that's good. That's real. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Nick etc. Don't ask Alex about the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> if you oh, really want to see Penny. Oh, we'll, 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 have, we'll have that conversation. Yeah, too. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you, Alex. I mean, the, the game that we should lose is honestly the Philly game, and we should win the other ones. Dexter, so like you said, when a team's actually winning, you can't see them losing. You're like, yeah, what's the problem? What's, what's the problem? You guys yeah. keep winning. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we're fighting all different kinds of battles, big men, fast play, f- transition, getting boards, hitting threes. We're, every game we're adapting. I get it. Nick Nurse is 10 and three against the Knicks. That scares me. I hope we win. Red Van Fleet always owns us. OG, Spicy P. I hope we win tonight. I'm nervous about it. Uh, I've been, I'll just say that beating a team three times, like we're going to beat Chicago three times in like five days or like or a week. Wow. Uh, it's tough. I don't care if they're fighting. They're, they're fighting. They're gonna let it out on us. I mean, it scares me. So I, I, I know. I hope we win. But the Bulls in the Garden too. Uh, it just gives me bad vibes. Philly noon. Knicks are getting over their hump. I think we can get that win. And at Dallas, I'll never take a Dallas loss for as long as I live. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for no because I'm I, obviously I just have to. But realistically, if we lose to Toronto, we lose to Philly, and we go two and two here, I'm not gonna be shocked. Uh, yeah. I, I still, I still think this team will be uh, on a great streak. I think Nick Nurse just owns us. Uh, if we take care of business versus the Bulls, lose a matinee versus Philly, get made fun of nationally, and then go on NBA TV, beat Dallas. That, that all sounds right to me. That's the, that's the Knicks narrative for me. Knicks way. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I think the, the game that scares me the most, I think for me is actually the Chicago game. That's yeah. To see the letdown. I think the Knicks will beat Toronto. I think I, I and I think they'll get to nine. I think the Chicago game is the one I'm really more nervous about because of what you said. You got to beat them three times in five days. They got a little <laughs> mad. They just had 150 piece put upon them. Um, Players only they're meetings. Gonna be, they're going to be little, <laughs> they're going to be looking for a little revenge. The Bulls in the Garden here to hold nine. Listen, that's why I'm saying if they get to ten. Look, guys. Look, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be screaming in the garden with my Knicks Christmas hat. So, okay, <laughs> like uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to do for a ten game winning streak. Maybe I get to ten. That'll be nice, man. It'll be nice. Be jumping out of windows uh, if they get to ten. <laughs> <laughs> but Dexter, thank you so much for 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 coming on the show. Please let our listeners know where they can find your work and if you got anything coming up. Yeah, man, you can check me out on New York Post, SNY YouTube channels. Uh, there, I'm the weekend anchor, so. Do a lot of different interviews every weekend. Alex has been on with me. Uh, once already, Alex? Have we done twice? We've done once. once. Only once. Only once so far. Your, your second time is coming up very soon. All right. Let's go. Let's, go. let's go. Let's go. Back in rotation. So Alex is sometimes on there with me because he does a great job. Shout out to KFT. Um, you catch me hosting the NBA Exchange. We'll be back after the holidays and the new year uh, with that. Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Uh, we go live with that. And then also different. I have a couple update shifts with WFAN, CBS Sports Radio coming up next week. So catch me there. But like, guys, thank you for having me on. Um, I really always love coming on with other independent media creators because that's how I got my start. And, you know, I always could talk Knicks basketball. So I'm honored you guys had me on. I will always come back. Um, and uh, for your guys' sake, I'm not saying this for me, for your guys' sake. <laughs> 
Go Jets. I'm hoping. Let's I'm go. Hoping, <laughs> that's I'm Let's go. Jets, I'm hoping the Jets can get to the playoffs, man. I'm Let's go. Yeah. Listen, we, we, we appreciate hearing your side of the story because when we listen to most of your platforms, you're interviewing or it's a quick take. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're, you're popping in and out. So it, it's nice to hear your, you know, laid back, you know, t-shirt. <laughs> you know, and uh, your your yeah, your full not take. In my, not in my suit or yeah, your, yeah, yeah, your full mixed take. What you really think? We had your real thoughts on the Mets. You're hyped. You know, you're low key excited about the Jets. You're optimistic about low the Knicks. Key, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. nice. It's nice to hear your your, your long winded side of it. So nah, we, we man, thank you nah, thank you for thank having. You. Me. I really appreciate you guys. You guys do a great job and uh, keep it up, man. Just keep it up. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us today, Dexter, and everyone out there that's listening and tuning in. Make sure to go follow Dexter. He does an incredible job on all the platforms. This man's busy. You, you, you heard the intro on how many jobs I had to read this. This man stays busy. He's keeping you up to date, giving you all the takes, giving you all the 411 on anything. NBA, Jets, Giants, Knicks, whatever team it may be. I will not name that certain team out in Brooklyn. But whatever team it may be, he's giving you the updates, the 411. He does a fantastic job. Make sure to go check him out and follow him on all of his platforms. And for all the listeners out there that are tuning in, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a review or comment. We're also partnered with Minute Media and Fansize, so you can find this podcast on the Daily Knicks or the Jet Press. We also got that YouTube channel, Knicks, Jets, ETC, period. Subscribe, find the page, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment, add to the conversation. We want to know your thoughts and opinions. Do you guys believe that, that, that my Cam Reddish theory? All right, do you guys believe it? What do you are think? We tra- are we trading RJ? Are we getting rid of iHeart Obi? Let's know your thoughts. Let's know your thoughts there in the comments. Obi yes. Avengers, I know. I'm sorry. Blood of the Panda. I'm, re- I'm sorry already. I already repent. <laughs> John's repenting, but there's only there's one thing you shouldn't repent, and that's winning picks weekly. Make sure to go over there. Also on the also on the YouTube channel as well. Also part of Minute Media. John, video producer Greg, and our guy and coach Chip Murphy. These guys go through every single sport possible. So if you love sports betting, putting money down the line, these guys got you covered. Make sure to do so responsibly. And last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Etc. podcast. We out. Let's go, Knicks.